Hello, this is Eric Dean. Welcome to the first edition of the Thoughts on Technical Communication Pedagogy podcast, where I discuss readings and issues relating to technical communication, practice, and pedagogy. For this podcast, I will be discussing four technical communications articles. The first article I will discuss is D. Dobrin's article, What's Technical About Technical Writing? from the book Central Works in Technical Communication, edited by J. Johnson Ilola and S.A. Selber, published in 2004. You know an article is going to be tough to read when the author includes a meta-analytical foreword discussing how long-winded he was in writing a technical communications article due to needing to prove himself to obtain tenure when he originally published the article. Despite the long-winded nature of the article, Dobrin does make a convincing argument that technical writers need to take into account the rhetorical and contextual nature of in the job of accommodating people to technology through their writing. However, I do have some issues with his definition of technical writing being to accommodate people to technology through language. Technical writing is much more than just accommodation to technology. Technical writers inform people about many topics that aren't necessarily technology related, but are technical and require specific knowledge. Technical writing makes subjects that require an advanced level of specific knowledge to write about by a technical writer accessible to the general public through their writing. Technical writers make the specific and technical accessible to anyone reading the document. Moving on to the second article, Carolyn R. Miller's A Humanistic Rationale for Technical Writing was originally published in the academic journal College English in February 1979. This article is a combined analysis of the relationship between science and rhetoric and a rationale for seeing and practicing technical communication in a way that incorporates rhetorical strategies and a more humanistic approach rather than a strictly scientific one. Miller's article made a convincing argument for rhetoric and rhetorical strategies being a primary consideration of practice and pedagogy for technical writing because technical documents require a significant amount of persuasion, and without this element, disasters can happen. An example of this is when engineers and other scientists are warning about flaws in a product and are writing to a less technical manager, or when technical communicator is trying to convince the reader that a particular technology or approach is superior to other approaches and should be adopted. Effective rhetorical strategies are essential if not only for effective persuasion, but also for conveying information. Anytime you are conveying ideas or meanings, you are engaging in active rhetoric. If you have flaws in your rhetorical strategies or use an ineffective rhetorical strategy, you fail to convey the idea or meaning you intended on conveying, and your technical document or other active rhetoric fails to meet its objectives. J.E. Porter's article, How Can Rhetoric Theory Inform the Practice of Technical Communication, in the book Solving Problems in Technical Communication, edited by J. Johnson Iola and S.A. Selber, touches upon this issue, and as well to demonstrate how rhetoric theory can inform the practice of technical communication. One of his examples in the article is a communicator who is not writing using rhetorical strategies and only knows how to communicate in the most direct way possible. However, that approach is not working to persuade an audience who is stubborn and does not want to follow his advice. Porter demonstrates how a communicator such as this could use rhetoric theory to alter the strategic wording of their technical document in a way that takes into account his audience to communicate in a more effective manner. 
However, rhetoric is a tool that can be used or misused. And the final article I am going to discuss highlights how rhetorical techniques in the ethics of expediency and technology were, were misused in the technical communication documents and other rhetoric produced in Hitler's Nazi regime during the Holocaust. Stephen B. Katz opens his article, The Ethic of Expediency, Classical Rhetoric, The Ethic of Expediency, Technology, and the Holocaust, with a technical document produced in the Nazi regime. Without context, it would be a well-written technical document. However, there are clues that something is really wrong with what is being described. The technical document is regarding the vans used to commit genocide of many people, including those of Jewish descent, disabled, LGBT, and other tar people targeted by Nazi genocide. It is a demonstration on how rhetoric can be used in a way that makes even horrendous acts like genocide seem logical and highly routine procedures, which is just awful. Cats lays out a convincing argument on how classical rhetoric, the ethics of expediency and technology combined to end in a catastrophic way during the Holocaust, and also makes a convincing argument of the dangers of this in Western society, especially in America, where the ethic is of expediency and efficiency without regard for human life, and the ethic of techn technological progress are still in an increasingly alarming usage. This article is especially important today as we are again veering towards another genocidal regime. The beginnings of such are being seen in the concentration-style camps that immigrant children from the Mexican border are being held in in increasing numbers, and the genocidal rhetoric coming from religious conservatives and even, mainstream, even the mainstream Republican Party. At this point, I offer a moment of silence to remember those who had died or suffered a genocide and other forms of inhumane treatment. This is Eric Dean. I hope you enjoyed the first edition of the Thoughts on Technical Communication Pedagogy podcast. Join me next Sunday for episode two.